This is RV on Business. Let's talk about going forward and being positive. In the studio with me is Jan Fore, who is the CEO of Evolution Global Investment Solutions, otherwise known as EGIS or Aegis. Jan, welcome to Chai FM. Thanks, Avi. Thanks for having me. Great. It's great to have you here. Tell us about your company. So uh, Aegis or Evolution Global Investment Solutions, which is quite a mouthful, <laughs> but uh, the name does tell you a bit about the company. We're a uh, passive investment manager. Um, based in Joburg, and what we do is we look we, we look after offshore investments for clients, um, but our focus is very much not on the active; it's on the passive. So what we do is we construct uh, what we call risk-based portfolios. So depending on the client risk, um, they will be allocated a, a risk category, and that coincides with a particular portfolio. But the underlying of the portfolio is all passive investments. And there are lots of reasons why we've done that. Okay, so before we go there, let's mm. just take a step back. Yes. Um, what is the difference between active and passive investment philosophies? Sure. So the basic um, difference is uh, passive investing. The idea behind passive investing is that being less active is going to enhance your returns. So what happens in the active space is uh, you typically buy and sell shares or any kind of type of security. But with that, there's timing risk. And there's cost, as we know as brokerage trading costs. The difference with passive, uh, with passive is you pick a index, generally speaking, an index, uh, to track, and you invest your money and you sit back and watch it uh, grow over time. So the key, the key, the key things there is is a sort of a buy and hold strategy, um, a non-trading strategy. So it really lets time look after your investment, and and and, and that's really the the the, uh, the theory behind it is that you can't. Uh, beat the market by trying to outthink the market. You know, rather um, uh, invest in the market and sit tight and time will look after you. That's, that's a basic idea. So it's your wealth of knowledge, experience, and the people yeah. that you have around you that you go and pick those stocks that you feel are worth buying now and holding and the philosophy is just to sit there, hold them, let them go through what they need to go through yeah. because the trajectory is up eventually. Correct. So, so a passive investor won't buy actual shares or stocks. They will buy what we call a ETF, an exchange traded fund. Um, that is the simplest word to describe an exchange traded fund. It's called a listed fund. So anyone out there through their financial advisor can go buy a unit trust. Um, if you list that unit trust on an exchange, it's called an exchange traded fund. But most exchange traded funds track and index, and that's what makes them passive. You can actually get an active exchange rate of fund, but let's not complicate things. Um, most exchange rate of funds are passive investments, and what you are doing is you are investing in one security that has a basket of securities um, inside of it, and that can be all asset classes, equities, properties, bonds, cash, whatever it might be, but you're buying one security, and um, that one security is giving you exposure to uh, a whole number of securities that are sitting inside that that one security, and generally speaking, I mean, I think most listeners will know what uh, the JSC top 40 is or the all shares, and uh, you know things like Satrix is a good example of an exchange traded fund. It just tracks uh, one share is tracking an entire index. You've explained it very clearly, so now we understand how the investment philosophy um, runs and how it works. Tell us about the company. When did you guys start? How long you've been around? Well, Evolution um, is, is, is a fairly new business. Um, I, I come out of um, 
quite a quite a long experience within the industry. I was at, in Goldman Sachs in London for some time. Um, came back to South Africa 15 years ago, and I've worked in sort of small boutique asset managers. Um, so evolution in its current form is only, you know, sort of six months old. Okay, great. Okay, so it's quite new, but. Um, we uh, the the quarter development of the underlying product has been ongoing for 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 quite a few years now, and um, the process has been quite com- complex. The um, the ETF space is quite complex, and so the construction process, like I said, has taken a few years, and at the moment we are uh, just growing the assets under management. You mentioned that you you worked overseas. You worked in London yes. and Goldman Sachs. You've come back to South Africa. We've just listened to the GDP figures that yeah. have, have come out. What's your feeling about that? People yeah. are now invested. They've got equities. Mm. They hear that and they just think, well, I should just run for the hills. Look, I think I think the numbers were were, were quite quite shocking. Um, we were expecting uh, a negative number, um, a lot around uh, obviously power cuts and. And so on. So I think the number was expected. I was still quite sh- surprised by, by by the quantum of it. Look, I think um, you know. Funny enough, you know, my business and um, my philosophy is I don't you know bash South Africa. I think we live an amazing life here. What I will say is that it's an emerging market, and you have emerging market risk. And and um, if you have the ability to save, um, if you have the ability to put money away, it's it's um, I think it's it's prudent to. To look at all your options, and I think it is again prudent to to allocate some of your savings offshore. You know, most South Africans will have a South African-based pension fund. They'll have a South African house, a South African car, and a South African dog. So everything is is, is South African. I could have so a German Shepherd. Could have a German Shepherd and a cat. <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, so we so we're saying you know allocate a portion, and I think this is just you know, and I'm talking for the entire investment industry, is um, allocate allocate a portion of your savings. To, um, to offshore markets. And, and I think to put it into perspective, why I say that is, if you take the, call it the market cap of the global, um, equity market as a whole, um, South Africa is less than 1%. Correct. So it, it, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to put all your, call it eggs in that basket. It makes sense to take your money offshore. And I think some of the, some of the reasons, it's, it's taken off in recent years, but some of the reasons that hold people back is, I think it's complex. I think it's difficult to take money offshore. They're worried about the currency impact. They don't understand all the product offshore. They don't know who they're going to deal with. So I think that's also changing. So South African companies are more and more offering offshore services and, uh, it's, it's an area we focus on. So Jan, let, let's just unpack that a little bit more. Um, I think what, my experience that people are concerned about, yes, mm. I go and invest offshore, but there's two things that are different offshore that I would have in South Africa. Number one is that the returns offshore um, are more are slightly dampened in return percentage as to what I could get in South Africa. Number two, if you put the overlay of the currency over and above that, mm. uh, it's possible that a currency movement could make me money without any growth overseas or could lose me money with growth overseas, depending whether the rand goes up or down against the, do- the, the currency that I've invested in. Mm. How does one mitigate that, and how does one build that into the investment philosophy? No, that's a good question. Look, I think um, um, f- the first part of the question is in terms of income, and, and that's very important because what you'll find is South Africans firstly take their money offshore and they put it into developed markets. That makes sense. Okay, So your interest rates and your income and dividends are going to be much lower. Okay. Um, it's a lot of it's because inflation is lower. The two are tied together. Interest and inflation are very closely linked. So, what you're going to find is is 
is your your interest um, kind of returns in places like the US and Europe, you know, between zero and two percent. They're very low. Um, your your property income probably sits on average at around four percent. Your dividends sit anything anywhere between half a percent and two and a half percent. Those are kind of the averages what you're going to find on for, from the income perspective. So yes, the returns are low. And 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 here's the point: if you are a South African that is reaching retirement and you rely on income, it's probably not for you because the income you're going to get from putting your your rands converting it into foreign foreign currency and earning it's not enough. To sustain you. That's the one thing about South Africa. For an income earner, your, your cost of living is in South Africa and you've got in, you've got investment products that give you income to, to support your investment for where you live. When you, when you'd rely on offshore income to survive but you live in South Africa, the equation doesn't always work. So, so it's important there for investors to realize that and that's why it's probably more suited for long-term investors who aren't reliant on income. You know, you can, you can look at Different products, and there are many. I mean, things like preference shares offshore, again, property, but it's quite volatile. So there are ways, but you're not going to get the kind of income returns that you get quite easily in South Africa. And I'm talking, depending on the length of investment, you can get 7 to 10%, you know, fixed deposits in South Africa. Mm-hmm. On the second part around, um, around uh, currency, yes, that is a very real risk. I mean, you know, in economic terms, if you draw a line over a long period of time in South Africa, you find that um, over a long period of time, the the, uh, the rand depreciates by the um, inflation differential between South Africa and other countries. And so for a country like South Africa versus America, it's probably 6-7% over the long period. So, again, when you m- take your money offshore, you're adding another layer of risk, which is currency. So if you plan to take your money back from offshore right. in a short period of time, you raise the currency risk. Over a long period of time, it plays itself out. So really time mitigates time the risk. Mitigates. Great. Jan, let's take a quick break. We need to run to the uh, shops, get someone to pay for this interview. Okay. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. How do you construct a portfolio? How do you put it all together? Yes, thanks for the question. So, you know, take a step back. I think um, when we looked at... at um, at the portfolio construction process, we said, firstly, what do you want to achieve? And, and, you know, our research, a lot of it's, it's pretty obvious, but, um, if you look at what leads to investment success over time, it's actually four things. It's diversification, it's asset allocation, it's cost or fees, and it's time, time in the market. Those are the four factors that actually lead to investment success. So we kind of looked at those very closely and, and it actually led us to, this sort of, it's called an active-passive approach. Uh, I say active because we had to construct the portfolios, but underlying being passive. And that led to that process. So what we wanted to do was create something that was very low cost because over a long period of time, and I'm not talking investing for five years, I'm talking investing for 20, 30, 40 years. That's actually the term you should have in mind. Fees make a huge difference. The second factor that is success, as I mentioned, is, is, is diversification. You need to have a broad range of securities, not just in one country, multiple countries, multiple um, uh, companies. And then beyond that is asset allocation. How do you allocate to equities, bonds, cash, um, et cetera, and, and what is the optimal allocation? You know, so that was the process that we went through. And, uh, it's been a learning curve because the ETF space globally is massive. We know it works. We know it, it, it gives good returns. 
you know, uh, SPIVA, which is S&P versus Active, they do research, and they've shown that over five years, globally, on average, 80% of unit trusts or mutual funds underperform a simple index benchmark. So why not just buy the index benchmark? And that's kind of what we do, although we take it a step further. So we are looking at, at portfolios, and I said risk-based. So we have five, cautious, uh, moderately cautious, balanced, moderately aggressive, and aggressive. We have five. And what they what the differences are is the asset allocation between those. Cautious, you're going to have a greater allocation to fixed income and cash. Aggressive, you're going to have a greater allocation to equities. And there's a bit of allocation to property as well. So that's the difference between the five. But in the underlying, we've done work in terms of, of, of that asset allocation and selection. So just to put into perspective, there are 5,000 ETFs listed globally. So what do you pick? How much of it do you pick? You know, it's important to look at liquidity. It's important to look at who the service provider is or the product provider is. Um, all these things actually matter. And then it's, it's how do you blend these together into an optimal portfolio? And that's the kind of process that we've been through. And, um, um, and, and it's actually uh, resulted in some pretty, I'd say, powerful product that have performed quite well on a, on a total return basis, but also on a risk return basis. Um, our results have been very good. So that's, that's um, you know, the current offer, and we, again, we're very happy with, with, the, with the results we're seeing. Okay, so let me ask you, what would your basic cost be? If someone had to come and say, I want to invest with you, what costs are they looking at? So just to put it into perspective, firstly, you know, if you take, um, and I'm talking averages now, just to, to, before I answer to put it in perspective, if you had to invest in a offshore global uh, or a global unit trust in South Africa, um, you're looking at about 2%. Uh, management fee before advisor um, fees and before pl- platform fees. So you could end up, and I'm saying could because everyone's different, but you could end up at around three odd percent. We we come in at about one percent, uh, and that's including everything, all the fees. So that's so that's what we what we offer is is, is significantly low uh, fees, um, um, and that's including platform management, the works, you know, um, uh, and uh, and that's our fee fee base. And the advisor fees are built into that? Will that be into built, that. In, built into yeah. that? So if someone came to you, you would have a contract with the advisor as to what the fee would be. So the client knows exactly what they're paying without any variables. Correct. Correct. How does somebody get hold of you? So um, at the moment, the easiest way is probably through our website, which is www.egis.co.za. That's E-G-I-S. Correct. And our contact details are on the website. Is anybody specific that, you know, if they call and found the number that I should ask for, or is it, you know, just make an appointment and come through and see you guys? Yeah, you can send an email through to, to, to the company and someone will get, get in touch with you. Yeah. Fantastic. Jan, just before I let you go, as we said earlier, the, the, the GDP numbers are mm. coming out, but to me, what's most important is you're a fairly young chap. You've mm. living in South Africa. You studied overseas. You're staying here. And as you said, you're not here to batch South Africa. That's not the way you, 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 you do it. What's encouraged me over the last six months is the amount of young people. And I'm saying people under 45, 50, sitting in the studio, starting companies, investing time here, building lives here, sending their children to school here. Mm-hmm. And all that can only bode well for the growth in the country. Yes, as you say, we're an emerging market. We've got emerging market pressures, which might be absolutely alien to someone coming from the UK or America and look at these things and it's like, why do you have to deal with this? We deal with it because that's the part of the nature of an emerging market. Mm. Do you feel that South Africa will be able to hold its head proud and high in the years to come? Look, I think um, 
you know, you know, it's, as, as, as it sounds like you are, you know, proudly South African. You know, I, 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 I love the, the, uh, the lifestyle we have in this country and, and, and that's why I want to live here, you know, and, and I've got kids in this country too. So, so obviously the, the political environment is, is worrying. Um, and I do hope that, um, you know, the new president is, is a new era for, for the country and I suppose time will tell. Um, but, you know, uh, at the same time, I think everyone, you know, you know, and I'm speaking as as um, as as a, as a South African uh, living and working in this country is is enjoy the uh, enjoy the fruits of the country, but but make sort of sensible decisions when it comes to your kind of uh, investments and and all that kind of thing, because then it just gives you peace of mind. You know, you can live here with that peace of mind. Um, but it's not unpatriotic to diversify your investment portfolio and share offshore. I mean, I think that's the, the bottom yes. line is that it's not treasonous to Absolutely. invest offshore. If you can build a healthy investment portfolio, enjoy those fruits here in South Africa and even abroad. You go yeah. abroad, South African banks are going to get the, their share of the swipes when you, every time you use yes. your credit card. So it's yeah. a win-win situation. 100%. Now, that's exactly it. I think, you know, like I said, the world is a big place and um, there's opportunities all around the world. You know, if you go to... Um, any country in the world, they'll be investing um, globally, you know. So that's that, that's kind of the the idea, you know. So, so so it's it's more about, um, I suppose, being sensible and 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 looking at it from a logical perspective, really. Fantastic, yeah. Jan Jan for a CEO and Chief um, Investment Officer at Aegis. Thank you for coming in, and people can get a hold of you at www.aegis.co.za. Great. Great. Thank you very much. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. And just to let you know, we'll be here at the same time, same place next week. Um, It's just after Shavuot. So uh, just to wish everybody a a Chag Kasher Samach. That's what you usually say for Pesach. But I hope you have a great Yantif. And we will see you on Monday, on Tuesday rather, bright and early. Thank you.